Scott Johnson here from FrogPants.com, and you're listening to Versus the World Radio. Versus the World Productions. What has been heard cannot be unheard. www.vtwproductions.com The following presentation is licensed under the Creative Commons Attribution Sharealike Non-Commercial License. For more information on Creative Commons licensing, please visit www.creativecommons.org. Title and background music for this production provided courtesy of Sean Beeson, composer for media. Find him on the web at www.seanbeeson.com. That's S-E-A-N-B-E-E-S-O-N.com. It's alive! It's alive! Do not panic, ladies and gentlemen. The casuals have taken control of the airwaves. This is Casually Hardcore, live on Versus the World Radio, vtwproductions.com. If you wish to participate in today's show, please come to the website and choose chat at the top of the page. If you have a webcam, click on chat and video to join the video wall. If you want to do IRC chat, click on chat and you can use our web-based IRC client to join in the chat during the show. If you want to email the show, the address is ch at vtwproductions.com. That's ch as in casually hardcore at vtwproductions.com. And now... On with the show! For Sunday, the almost Halloween of October 2011, that would be the 30th of October 2011, this is Casually Hardcore. I am Gnomewise. I'm Iolite. I'm Gwenora, and I'm very frightened. You're Gwenora, and you, you must be looking at the homepage of vtwproductions.com. Yes, as a matter of fact, I am. And tell us, what have you discovered lurking at the homepage of vtwproductions.com? Picture of Doc Dead, the sad clown. Yeah. That, as if Doc Dead isn't scary enough on his own. Now he's a sad clown. Yeah, that, um, yeah. He doesn't have a van, does he? He has, like, a fleet of vans. Does he? The panel vans with no windows and free candy written on the side? Yes. Free candy and Xbox. The child molester? Yeah, child molester vans? Exactly. Okay. What? Then I'm, then I'm just plain terrified. He asked you guys to stop doing that. What? Yeah, so? He did. Yeah, he did. <laughs> he didn't. Well, I'm not going to go there. <laughs> but anyway, if you sorry, have a moment. Sorry, Doc, but yeah, this is really a little much. <laughs> Doc has posted his uh, Halloween costume of himself as... You sad clown, and I know there's a fair number of people in the world who are clown phobic. I so hate clowns. Do not go to the website. Normally, I, <laughs> normally I will not tell you this. Normally, I'll be clowns. all over the whole. Please go to the website. We need the hits. Do not go to the website if you're clown phobic right now. Warning, because warning, you will be frightened. You will run screaming in terror. But I digress. But we digress. Do we diverge? Uh, possibly divest. Of what? <laughs> I'm confused. Dipole what? What? Ooh, hey, very G5RV. Nice. Yes, exactly. we can G5RV. Exactly. <laughs> There's an obscure reference for people in listening uh, live yes. and via podcast. People will have no idea what the hell we're talking about, Just as usual. Google G5RV and you'll see which other hobby of ours is cross-contaminating with this one. Yes, yes, you will. 
Ah, as is usual, if you're joining us live, and if you never have before, you really should make the effort because it's a different listening experience than podcasts. <laughs> yes, it is. Especially if you're in the IRC, our live chat channel, hosted by QuakeNet. In there, you will find our producer, nay, IRC rep, the one and only Barry Von Awesome. Barry White, save my life. If you have something that you wish to bring to the host's attention during the show, please send a personal message to the Barry VA, and he will bring it to our attention. Please do not PM the host directly during the show. We can't look at the black void too much, otherwise we do lose bad our brains. radio. We lose our minds. There's a reason why we call it the black void. void. Sucked in. I'm already gone. Sorry. She's miles away. You, you've already been off to the... The pamper land. Right before oh, you, you came back for the show, you were being uh, patted and pampered, were you not? Yes, I went in and got a uh, haircut and then afterwards got a massage. So. Oh, darn. Because I didn't think the haircut and massage would go well at the same time. <laughs> yeah, the mind wobbles. Unless yeah, you're going I don't for, like, think, yeah. Charles Xavier kind of a thing. Yeah, you know? yeah, exactly. Then you could probably pull it off. But if you want like something with some style to it, yeah, yeah. there is that. <laughs> and so. blessings upon Gwenora. Yeah, that was me sneezing. Yep. Gesundheit. Gesundheit and all that kind of stuff. <sighs> so so what up, my nerds? Um, well, I, I did something. I, I did something that I, it, it was this. Obviously, there's Arch Nemesis. Obviously, <laughs> strange walk down memory lane. I was I was on net, um, Netflix last night looking for something to stream. I had just finished season one of Caprica, um, which was really good, and I hadn't watched it before. All you have to um, do is look for science fiction show that's been canceled, and it's pretty high likely that it was damn good. Yep, that it was uh, that it was actually an, an awesome show. I've seen people write that the biggest mistake they made with Caprica was to set it in the Battlestar universe, and it probably would have done better if they had taken the exact same story concept and just put it in generic sci-fi world number twenty-seven point three. Well, yeah, because they're they're uh, a little bit destroying the lore. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so it was it was interesting to me because it was a really realistic. Um, Scenario in terms of like you know fifty years prior here's the inception of the Cylons. you know or the creation of the Cylons and and I get that but what it's looking like they're going towards in season two which I actually don't know if they got to make season two and then it got canceled or if it got canceled after season I think one most of season two did get made um, but anyway it looked like they were going down the skin job route um, in mm-hmm. that season and therefore they were. Um, you know, they were kind of destroying the lore of the final five and all of that. Right. You know. Um, so. But it's a Ronald D. Moore production, so retcon incoming. Press the retcon yeah. bomb button. Anyway, so you were cruising the list of things available for so, live streaming yes, via Netflix. So I was cruising the list of things available, and I, I clicked on the action and sci-fi show me more. And I found Conan the Barbarian. The Lamentation of the Women. The the original 1982 Arnold Schwarzenegger, I Can't Speak English, Conan the Barbarian. I don't need to speak English. I don't need to speak English. I have huge pectorals. And I watched it. <laughs> Stem it's actually not a bad from flick. The, from the beginning, I watched it on Netflix streaming. James Earl Jones is the so. bad guy, and he gets his head cut off at the end. 
Yes. Spoiler, yes. Alert, spoiler alert, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> from, from 1982. From Yes, wait. it's a very young James Earl Jones. From almost 30 years ago. Oh, God, no. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> Just don't hit me. Yes, there is hitting right now. Here, here, here. I reject your reality. careful, there will be hair pulling, too. <laughs> like when he so, pulled What's up with that? Anyway. Um, so, yeah, I, that's one of the things I was thinking of. I'm like, wow, 1982. You know what the funny part about that Holy is? Holy moly. She's old. outing her own age, too. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. That's okay. I was I was around when it originally released. I wasn't allowed to watch it when it originally released. Which means, but. of course, you did. Uh, yeah, I think I caught it at some point. It's like, you know, it came to HBO or something mm-hmm. like that. And HBO was HBO. Yeah, when HBO it was, was relevant. It was its first incarnation. Crom. So Yeah, I had, Crom, I had yes. kind of a stroll on memory lane on Thursday as well. I was yeah. talking to one of the principals for a school in the in the area where I work and he's yeah. slightly younger than I am. Uh-huh. And we were talking about taking the bus to high school and I do mean public transportation. Yes. And what we would do on the way home which was stop at the local video game places and play video games. And I don't mean on a console. I mean right. stand up in, in the arcade quarters yep. in the arcade video games. Yep. And we were talking about let's see Ikari Warriors, Guerrilla War, the original Asteroids as a stand-up arcade game, not as a clever meme on a Mac or a PC. What was the one where you had to go around the Tempest. pattern? Tempest. Oh, my God. That was yes. one of my favorite games. Tempest. Um, that one was... I used to play that one quite a bit. The original Star Wars game with uh-huh. the vector graphics mm. along with... That was a game changer. Yes, it was. Battlezone. Yeah. I mean, we Star talked Wars about all kinds of stuff. Star and the Star Trek Vector graphics. Game. I never played the Star Trek vector graphics. In the sit game. down. For, yes. Had the exact same cabinet as the Star Wars. Yes. And they were both awesome. Which is why so, if I ever win the lottery, I will go out hunting these games. We must have I all know. been in this. I will have. Mode. I will have a room in my house with just <laughs> video games and. I will have a room. In my I house only want one pinball machine. I want the Star Wars pinball machine. That's we, the only one I we want. Had, that just makes me think of. Um, Tron would be Niles good. and Tron would be uh, good too. An original Tron, like uh, like Ford Prefect has. Yes. Yeah, Ford Prefect. I had and to think of his. I had to think um, of the name that we called him. His former roommate, who I don't know his handle, Ford Prefect, and who's the other guy? We, do I we have a handle for him? I don't think we ever had a. Had he a, did well, during the BBS days. I, he I, did that, but I've already forgotten. I, he ran right. the board Mount Olympus. Yes, I uh-huh. but Zeus I don't remember. What? I don't. It may have been Zeus. Well, we could all. Uh, so so we anyway, just, we just call. We could just call him the world's most. Interesting man named after a drink. There you go. There you go. And um, <laughs> thirsty, thirsty, my friends. <laughs> thirsty, thirsty, my my friends. friends yes, um, but yes, when when they originally finished with college and went out and you know made their mark in the world and were young, unmarried folk and all of that stuff. And uh, I remember they they built their first house um, and uh, then proceeded to build the both a room for ancient technology. Mm-hmm. And the room where they would put the arcade games and, and the, the pool table and the pinball machine and the whole. And yes. I was just like. Bachelor pad. Ultimate bachelor pad. Yes. It was. And, but so. but upscale. You know, it was really well, nicely done. Um, but I was also in nostalgia mode last night and found some, a really nice site dedicated to documenting the history of and release dates and all, all totally dedicated to the old toy line 
Micronauts. Oh, I remember Micronauts. Um, and they had, they had a longer and more storied history than I thought they would. You know, lots of different companies taking the dies and reissuing them and stuff. And Those are like the little tiny. Yeah, with interchangeable parts. They weren't, they weren't quite that tiny. They were about yay big. Oh, I'm thinking about something else. Yeah. There were little little cars and trucks that were about this big. No, that's micro machines. That's what it was. The micro I still thought those were figures. Cool. Yeah. So we had a, uh, yes, we, we recently did have a birthday for Nemesis. Um, and we, we had the, uh, Nemesis, uh, had his plan. Oh yes. So the, the DS, I don't know if you guys know this, but the, the, um, uh, the DS actually has a, a calendar function in it. And Nemesis figured this out and went in and entered his birthday in it. And it allows you to draw and make notes on the dates. Mm-hmm. And so about a month ago, he comes to me and he shows me what he's got set up for his birthday. And he has drawn a picture of a birthday cake, mm-hmm. a picture of a pizza that people will eat, right. is his note, and a picture of a coin, which is a token from Peter Piper Pizza. Nice. And yeah. he has it planned in his head, and this is what he wants to do. So uh, we, we've had a weekend of cake and pizza and Peter Piper Pizza. And Peter Piper Pizza has the classic, you know, uh, ski ball. And so it's this combination of carnival and arcade right. put together, um, which I, I hate the pizza, but uh, I don't mind sending, in, the, sending the child the loose for a little bit. And that was electronic equipment brought to you to the floor, courtesy of Arch Nemesis. Yes. But she's so, so that big, cute. giant cut in the background was... Um, uh, uh, electronics hitting the floor. So, there that's we were. been our weekend, yes. And then tomorrow's Halloween. Oh, yes. And it's one of the busiest couple of weeks at uh, at school at UAT. Mm-hmm. So it's, um, yeah, it's, it's stressful and productive and positive all at the same time. Yes, th- tomorrow is National... Cosplay day. Nemesis, you are not as good as the dog at making beg faces. Just <clears throat> coincidentally <laughs> coinciding <laughs> with Halloween. Oh, well, that, that's, you know, that's that old holiday. Minor detail. International Cosplay Day. Uh-huh. International uh, Cosplay and Candy Day. Ooh, Cosplay and Candy. Mm. Must get candy, must get candy, must get candy. Cos- I want to do that in uh, Yoda Speak. Remind me to just mm, lock the doors there. on my house again. What? I will personally. I wasn't gonna. I wasn't gonna ask. Activate the robot turrets, but I am now. Robot I will personally turrets, come to I your house it. dressed as the Silver Surfer, which involves fifteen gallons of silver body paint and a speedo. Mister Silver Surfer, meet my phalanx turret. <laughs> Did I mention that it has a, mo- a minigun in it? Just picture, and we'll shoot you me forty-two bajillion times in a second and a half. Speedo and fifteen gallons of silver body paint. Exactly. I'll make sure and reload it after it shot you the forty-two bajillion times and turn you into strawberry goo. Strawberry goo. Strawberry goo. Because mm. I don't like strawberry goo. That I don't nice. like strawberry jam to begin with. I will be in the car. Oh no way! Wait, you're what? going to the car right now? Possibly. <laughs> what happened to the show? Thank you very much, John. You and good night. God, I hope this guy really did this. What are you looking at? Darwin Awards or something? No, some I went. I googled BattleTech. Okay. And because you know you're a geek when you have. Oh no! Battle, really? I'm seeing the picture. That a is battle, awesome. A battle mech, a battle mech record sheet app on your iPhone. 
And I do, and I can prove it. Um, but I was looking at the pictures for it, <laughs> and some guy it. made a picture. full-size battle mech and has it ne- standing next to his house. So he made either. Well, let me put it this art. way. He, He's made art. He either made this thing or he Photoshopped it into the photo. In which case, either way, he did a really good job Photoshopping it into the photo, if that's the case. Um, but I was like, oh, God, I really hope this is real and not a Photoshop because it looks really cool. <laughs> well, I mean, there were a series over the last year and a half or so they, they built uh, – in Japan for I don't know, for the front of a theme park or some such, a one-to-one scale model of one of the original mobile suits from the Gundam series. Oh, really? Yeah. And it was gorgeously done and slightly um, animated and uh, had, had a little bit of articulation and animation to it. Nice. But it had the, the full lighting treatment. So all the pictures you see from, from the nighttime where it's all... Lit up with uh, spotlights and stuff. I was like, oh, that is the coolest thing. Yeah, ever. I would really like to have somebody do a full size yeah. uh, battle tech like that. Where that would, would really you cool. put it? Uh, my front yard would work just fine. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be totally all right with that. L- l- luckily, Quinora lives in a place that doesn't have a uh, homeowner's association. No. I'm just picturing our homeowner's association's no. response to Gu- this. Quinora does not. I would what like are you talking about? It's landscaping. I-, I would like to have a homeowner's association that, you know, actually you take the battle mech, you put it in your front yard, and you just give it sound effects. Okay. Oh, no. And, I and want working mo- weapons. And, and, and motion. I don't want to actually go to jail over this, but I, I would basically like to. It wouldn't be so much jail. It'd be the federal government going, we want that now. Thank you. Yeah, scare the pants off of people. So. Okay, when I was just glancing around looking for some of the Halloween costume, you know, top 10 type things, my brain was just derailed by this particular headline. Oh, no. Man accused of bestiality blames crime on shape shifting prostitute. What? Oh, my God. Where? I have to read this. Last, oh, God. You're going Sunday, to look at it? Last Sunday, Zimbabwean police found a 28-year-old oh. man in, in flagrante delicto with a donkey in the town of Jifane. When pressed for a rationale, the man offered up which can only be described as your typical true blood subplot. Reports New Zimbabwe, a man caught having sex with a donkey stunned a court on Monday by claiming that the animal was, in fact, a hooker he pulled from a nightclub. Your Worship, I only came to know I was being intimate with a donkey when I got arrested, he began. I had hired a prostitute and paid $20 U.S. for the service at Downtown Nightclub, and I didn't, don't know how th- she then became a donkey. Only in Africa. Uh, no, no not un- only in Africa, sadly. <laughs> really? <laughs> Under the influence of, of mind-altering, oh, mind-altering substances. substances. Right, yes. never mind. That nice. is not limited to... Stand corrected. So sorry for that little tangent, but I couldn't not say that out loud uh, once I had. I, it. I wish you didn't. I really, I could have done without hearing that. Oh. Uh, just think how the donkey feels. Honestly, Your Honor, I, I, I thought he was a horse. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty funny. What? I just work here. So anyway, <laughs> slight tangent. And then I slight, got confused. But that's okay. There is that. No, no, no. You do not get my laptop. Yeah, the one thing I'm actually learning is nope, nope. the tablet devices, eep, as eep. they have you know, infiltrated our life more and more, are very effective nostalgia machines in the form of the, the various streaming services have realized that very popular content is very often old series resurrected hey, hey, hey. and that old series they can get 
for lower dollars to flesh out their catalogs. Mm-hmm. Um, but even you know, some not so old. I was I was cruising through Netflix and saw things like Buck Rogers in the 25th century. Well, oh, yeah, because yes. you, you, because what happens is, Gray. is your is your browsing Gray. Yeah, you're browsing <laughs> through the the catalog and you're like. <gasps> Oh my god! Mm-hmm. I watched that was the best series ever. Watching it as a kid, and I kind of actually tend to avoid some of those things because they shatter your memory. Exactly. You don't want. I'd rather live. Thank you. Ignorance is destroyed. thank you. Ignorance is bliss because you watch those things and it's like, oh my god, this is the corniest thing I've ever seen. I can't believe I enjoyed this. But then you have to think, well, I was like eight when this came out, right? And I was still. Well, that, and what did you have it to? What did you have to compare it? to? Not absolutely nothing, right? And so it's. I was much younger then. I was much more impressionable then. I was much more innocent, naive, for lack of better words. And n- now I'm a cynical old fart. And, you know, it kind of ruins it. So, yeah, when I see those things, I kind of go, eh, I don't think so. Well, one of the interesting things. I'd, I'd rather have my pleasant memories of it than go through it again and go, oh, my God, why did I watch this? This is horrible. Well, it's, it's the, been. Just reading the titles of the episodes. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that, I'm that sure. That alone can be interesting. Unless, of Buck course, Rogers you want to... Buck Rogers and the Space Zombie. Right. Buck Rogers and the Planet of the Amazon Women. Yeah, well, unless you <laughs> want to turn it into a sexually... Indo- sexual, sexual indu- it was totally yeah, sexually God, I can't talk to... Yeah, talk it... Yeah, you want to turn it into a sexual indu- innuendo-based drinking game? Sure, it's fantastic stuff. Exactly. He could be saying anything. Anything. you. Yeah, he could be saying anything. Also, it's kind of interesting to go back... On the, heavy on the sci-fi side, but any show that has things set in the future are more a reflection of what the past thought the future might yes, be. Yes, but that's, or fast, that's so interesting. That's so interesting. The further you go back in history to when something was produced, the more you see things in, set in the future, like newspapers still existing in yes. you know, the far distant future. And you look right, like in Caprica. Well, I was like, really? Why are you reading a newspaper? Yeah, well, right. I was. It was the same thing with some of the some of the role playing games that I used to play when I was in college, specifically Cyberpunk. Mm-hmm. When they said, "Yes, you have a phone that's not connected to anything," <gasps> wow. And it's not. A, and it what? And it wasn't a cordless phone because cordless phones were just coming out then. And it was. It was. Um, yes, you can take it with you anywhere and have phone service and we're like and i remember thinking wow that's the coolest thing ever yeah what am i holding in my hand right now a high-powered computing device that happens to also yeah make phone phone calls make phone calls exactly so it's kind of like it's kind of interesting every once in a while look back exact like you said look through those things and go oh wow i thought this i remember when i thought this was high tech and yeah i've got one over there well sometimes they nail it you look at and i'm not uh, avant-garde and cool and edgy and all that it's everybody's got one of these they look at um Things like Star Trek: The Next Generation, and you basically see them carrying around iPads, and they even called them pads, and you realize ah, sometimes they get it right. Sometimes out of the- they do get sometimes it right. Sometimes we yeah. design to match what we saw in Star Trek as a kid. Mm. Because sometimes mm-hmm. the stuff that they spec. I mean, we've talked before about the guys who designed the interface for Minority Report, who were brought in as consultants. And designed what they thought a an OS interface would look like 50 years in the future, and then walked away from the project and say, you know, we've got this design spec here. There's really no reason why we shouldn't be able to build this, and promptly went off and built the damn thing. Nice. Yeah, yeah. that was a fun demo from a couple of years ago. It makes me wonder where they are at this point, since the demo yeah. two years ago was pretty damn impressive. Yeah, but 
So, yeah, but it's a long time. It's a long way from demo to manufacture to broadspread broad adoption. We have the Connect, so something has moved. Well, right. there's also some of the other thing like proof of concept. Yeah. That's basically what these guys are doing. I mean, I was reading something earlier today on one of my fly fishing blogs where um, a guy in it's either Germany or Austria has developed a wireless bicycle brake. Yeah. That's effective 99.9999999997 percent of the time percent of the time yeah it was kind of like okay what's wrong with this picture and of course the headlight is is you know scientist develops wireless bike brake bike brake that's effective most, most of, of the, the time. time yeah i'm like thanks guys appreciate that but he, his whole argument was this is proof of concept now i'm looking for engineers to take this and put this someplace Perfect. else yeah and i mean i could already see flaws in it having ridden mountain bikes for years where there are times when you are, don't really want to be on because his whole thing is it has a rubber grip in it that you squeeze, and the harder you squeeze, the harder it applies the brake. Well, it's right on the handlebar. Well, yeah, there are times when I'm squeezing the handlebars as hard as I can just to stay on the damn bike. Right. So, yeah, we have a small problem with this. It needs a little more thinking through from the bike industry people if this is going to work. So, yeah, I'm thinking, you know, brain bike interface. Now, um... The, I, I was looking at the Black Void. I'm sorry. Um, Talia was talking about the we don't have a Goram jetpack. And you're never um, And we don't have, you know, the flying cars uh, thing. Actually, flying somebody cars, just posted a link for that. Flying cars, they both exist. They Next. both exist. But flying cars, we have enough problems with transportation in two dimensions. <laughs> okay, kids. I think, I think adding a third dimension to our transportation without adding intelligent vehicle systems that drive us where we want to go yeah. is, is really a, um, a bad idea. For those of you playing along at home, go to the Martin, or excuse me, martinjetpack.com. And to Eric the Bat, we say, well played, sir. Yes, well yes. Played. very well, well played. played. And it's a ducted fan. Um, that's what it looks like anyways. Um, jetpack that allegedly will go to 5,000 feet. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I'm I say, so basically that's you're, you're really doing the up part of base jumping. Right. So you that's put it the, on, you go that's really all the way cool, up, and then you, you but know. But I have to admit, I don't want to be the first guy who gets sucked into a jet engine in one of these things. <laughs> no Sorry, case. just being cynical. <laughs> I know that's just me, but yes, don't want to be that guy. You there's, know, There's some technology that should be kept out of the hands of the general public, you know? I would have to agree with that. Just I would. Be afraid. Be very afraid. Mm-hmm. All right. That handily brings us to our first break of wow, the day. Wow, we're flying along. That was quick. Yeah. It's, it's, suddenly, it's one thirty. Look at it's that. Amazing how that happens. My goodness. Something strange has happened. And <laughs> suddenly, the lions are beating the Broncos. Yes. And Arch Nemesis is grabbing Oz's face. This is uh, Be Good Dog. Mm-hmm. Be Good. Most tolerant dog in the universe. I don't think your dog is smart enough to be anything but good. Uh, you'd be surprised. <laughs> the one time Although he, there are just limits. Just remember, the one time he got really mad at me, he went in, got my $200 pair of sunglasses and off of my desk, chewed, took them. Chewed them. Well, he's big enough to do and that. And ate them. And ate them. And brought me pieces and left the pieces where I could find them. The one time I really made him mad. I don't make him that mad. <laughs> Because it costs you. Yes, because it costs me hundreds I, of dollars when I make him mad. I, I don't believe that, I don't believe in beating animals, but that would have been really close. <laughs> I had to have. I had to have. Uh, that would have been a scruff by the neck, you know, eye contact, bell, uh, exposing his belly on the floor, kind of a moment. I'd have been like, "You will not do that again." 
we need to have a little talk about who's the alpha in this. Exactly. Oh I gosh, have that, she's now climbing on top of him. I, I have, I have, I have that that conversation. Not as frequently as I used to with my dog. My dog knows who the boss is, but I don't believe those people who say, well, dogs have a, have a memory like two minutes long. Wrong. I'm like, wrong. I can come yes. home and find stuff all over the floor and come to my dog and go, yes. come here and point and go, he knows what what is this means. Mm-hmm. And point and go, what is this? And I'll get the ears down and the tail under the legs and he gets all hunched over and he doesn't want to make eye contact. And yeah, dogs have a lo- much longer memory yes. than that. I guarantee when, it. When Oz was substantially younger, he did eat our tax forms one year. Oh, that's an epic excuse. Oh, no, Sorry, my dog, my dog ate my it. My dog ate my tax forms. He actually ate the W-2s. Mm-hmm. That's actually kind of worse. Yes, that was those re- because reproduced we, we, well. You we, can reproduce we them. In, we had to go in and get them reprinted. Yes, yes, but yeah. So that's not too bad, I suppose. But all right, coming up in this break, we have episode number seventy-one of Northrend News from the wonderful and powerful Amelia over Bay Day. Yay! You are listening to Casually Hardcore live on Versus the World Radio, vtwproductions.com. We shall return right after this. Booyah! This show is brought to you in part by Audible. Audible Audible.com is the leading provider of premium digital spoken audio information and entertainment on the Internet. With over 85,000 programs for more than 1,000 content providers, including leading audiobook publishers, broadcasters, entertainers, magazine and newspaper publishers, and business information providers. Audible customers can also have their Audible content wirelessly delivered to their smart mobile devices daily, even while sleeping, taking the computer out of the equation. To find out more, visit vtwproductions.com and click on the audible.com advertisement on the left-hand side. Or visit audiblepodcast.com forward slash vtwproductions. New customers in the United States and Canada will receive a free audiobook download when they sign up via that link. audiblepodcast.com forward slash vtwproductions. Welcome to Northrend News, a proud partner of Casually Hardcore on btwproductions.com. In today's headlines, all of Azeroth is buzzing with the advent of Pet Battlegrounds, and a few intrepid adventurers are trying their hands at the fine art of turning their non-combat pets into tiny bringers of death and destruction early. I challenge you, Blinky. My mini Deathwing pet's gonna make mincemeat out of ya. Aw, Vixen... I'm right in the middle of my mausoleums and monsters game. My rogue is almost ready to pick the lock to the door of the Sawagon Queen and claim the treasure of Vol. Screw your rogue, Blinky. This is better than any made-up dungeon with dragons in it. Well, technically, it's a mausoleum with monsters, but... Yeah, yeah. Save me the crazy talk. Just get ready to rumble. But I don't even have a non-combat pet out. Battle pets, Blinky. They're called battle pets now. Okay... Sinister Squashling, I choose you! After a wild struggle, Vixen's mini Deathwing manages to scorch the smile off of Blinky's Sinister Squashling. But at the same time, Blinky's possessed pumpkin wraps its fell-tainted vines around the throat of Vixen's Dragonling. I guess it's a draw, then. Man, this battle pet combat system is bunk. So far, everyone else I've challenged has had one of those dinky little drunken pandas, and they've wiped the floor with me. I think you're talking about Pandaren Brewmasters. An old orc told me once that they grow more powerful the more ill they consume. Huh. They sound like dwarves. 
with fur. Oh, well. This new battle system is... Wait, Vixen. Two new challengers have entered the arena. It's a pair of Pandaren. We are humble brewmasters of Pandaria. Come, sample my brews, warrior. From the glaciers of Northrend to the mists of Pandaria, this is Northrend News. Hi, this is Will Wheaton from Radio Free Burrito, and you are listening to Versus the World Radio. Casually Hardcore continues live on Versus the World Radio, located at vtwproductions.com. To give you a heads up for our final segment, the call-in topic of the day is all about Halloween. Are you observing Halloween? Mm. If so, how are you observing Halloween? Are you dressing up? If so, as what? Going to a party? Going to a party? Hosting a party? Trick-or-treating? Giving out? uh, Being the tricker? (laughs) Yeah. There is that. (laughs) Trickster. So... Tell us your Halloween stories this week, and you can reach us via the miracle of Skype at VTW Shows. And you can also find the call icon on the front page of VTWProductions.com on the right-hand side at the bottom, and I'm going to assassinate my young offspring. Instead, I'll play this. Probably a better option. Now... But she's so cute. Oh, she's so cute. I vote that we assassinate your dog instead. Hey, he's... He's being cute, re- too. Remarkably uh, Actually, he is, sedate for him. Yes, he is being kind of sedate and well-behaved for him, so. so I'll give him a break this time. Let us observe the contributions and contributors. By the way, the slapping sound that you hear in the background is the girl clapping her hands. Or possibly Gwenora fapping, but we don't know. <laughs> what? I have no idea what that is, and I don't want to know. Don't say it. Don't, don't explain it. I don't want to know. Just think. All you, it. bro, because I'm, I'm not saying a damn thing. With a child in the room, no less. I mean, Gwen. You said it, not me. Scarring her for life at a young, young age. So, from our... <laughs> oh. <laughs> and then there were This is my I'm being nice and not saying things face. <laughs> really? Really? I'm, I'm kind of concerned. I thought of about six different things in my head at once. It was almost a brain cramp. Whoa. Almost a brain almost cramp. Almost a brain cramp. Yeah, yeah. He's brain. Traffic he's jam in my head. I possess a mind, not merely twisted, but, but actually, actually sprained. sprained. Yep. So, from our Casually Hardcore all-volunteer research thread, which you can find as a child board, the Casually Hardcore board, on the forums at vtwproductions.com. Did the audio just go out? Uh, not that I'm aware of. Why do you ask? Because they're saying in the, uh, why did the audio just go out, and then Eyelight broke it. I have no idea, because oh. we're still broadcasting... So the problem is not on our end, but I digress. However, that child okay, good. needs to be... All right, I'm, I'm, going, for a I'm going, I'm going. <laughs> what? We need the... Uh... Here we go. Where is it? There it is. Silence! There we go. So from the research thread, we wish to thank for our contributions this week in the thread labeled For Whom the Bell Tolls edition, as named by Fangs and Fangs with a Z, because that's what makes it cool. Mm-hmm. Who is also having a happy birthday as of today. Oh, happy birthday, Fangs. Happy big 2-1 for Fangs. Oh, baby. Happy birthday to Fangs. 
Happy birthday. No, you're older than you've ever been. And now you're, <laughs> you're even, even older. older. And now you're even older. And now you're even older. You're older than you've ever been. And now you're even older. And now you're older still. going to let you run with that. <laughs> what? It's the traditional birthday song. I know it is, but it's also highly amusing to listen to you sing that. <laughs> I still know where you live. All right. So, and I'm still more heavily armed than you are. Uh, age and treachery will overcome youth and skill. Oh, that's right. You're way older than me, too. Yes, I am, and I'm a hell of a lot more treacherous than you are, too. It's entirely possible. So, contributing this week, the aforementioned fangs with a Z, which is what makes it cool, and able to legally drink in the U.S. now. Highly overrated, but still fun Yes, it is highly overrated. Also joining him in the research for this week, Silmol. <clears throat> Boba Fetish. And that's all she wrote, kids, but they both... All three contributed uh, quite a few links to us this yes, week. Yes, they did. Uh, no shortage of fun, but I wanted to start with uh, something that should be a surprise to no one uh, due to their very high-profile blunders of late. Um, and I find it interesting that we spend a fair amount of time already talking about how much we use their service, and yet our friends over at Netflix have oh, managed to hemorrhage... What have they done now? 800,000 subscribers. Really? Really, really. So, from the Associated Press, via news.yahoo.com, Netflix's video subscription service lost 800,000 customers in the third quarter, the biggest exodus in its history, even as its earnings rose 65%. Because they're overcharging people. Uh, I still think they're undercharging people. And, oh, wow. But uh, they really screwed up... Uh, how they intended to achieve the divvying up of their business and uh, having to raise prices in order to go after more content. The losses were larger than management had previously warned. The unwelcome surprise, contained in a financial result released Monday, was compounded by a forecast calling for millions of Netflix Incorporated's DVD-by-mail subscribers to cancel the service in reaction to dramatic price increases that took effect last month. Bad news bruised already battered stock as the shares plunged by more than 26%. So, yeah, they uh, really probably from a PR standpoint could have gone about things a little better than they did. Yes. Uh, the whole we're raising rates, we are switching things up where you can elect to be a streaming-only customer or you can be streaming and DVD by mail or just DVD by mail. We're going to change the name of the DVD by mail thing. Oh, we're not going to change the name. It's just a whole cluster. Yes. Mama. Oh, yeah. And they're paying the price in the form of subscribers. People, subscribers going, I don't know where. Well, see, and it's kind of interesting. I mean, uh, that we're talking about this again, number one, which that's really not that surprising. But I'm also dealing with the whole thing of I have direct TV. Okay. And. I was recently watching one of my favorite channels on the planet, which is the Fox Soccer Channel. Okay. And realized as I was in my guide that there was a, a thing above it, or a commercial as I was watching it, called in which they featured a website called findyournets.com. I thought, what the hell is all this about? So I Googled it. Apparently, Fox is bringing out this huge ad campaign because they're saying DirecTV has is uh, dropping the following networks. Fox News, all the Fox regional sports channels, uh, Fox Soccer Channel, among other things, up to and including potentially your local Fox affiliate 
from their service. Well, what Fox doesn't bother to tell you, and they, well, what Fox is trying to do is say, if you lose a National Geographic channel is another one, Fuel TV, and I forget what the other ones are. What they neglect to tell you, and so what they're trying to do is get you to leave DirecTV. Right. And go to, so they give you a list of all these other providers. Providers. That are not leaving that Fox are, behind. Right. Well, what they don't tell you is the reason that they're that they're doing this is because, um, and you find out from Directv is that Fox wants to charge Directv forty percent more for these networks. Of course. So Fox, so Directv is like, um, no, um, we're doing this because we can't reach an agreement. So basically, as of November first, I lose all these channels. Right. In which case, I make a I make a phone call to uh, to Directv and say, um, I'm staying with you guys. Um, how about if you give me a break on my monthly sports pack that I'm paying for that I'm not going to get all these Fox channels on right now? So uh, a little like break that's going to happen. A little break would be nice. I, I know it probably won't, but at least I can say I, I made the effort. I made the effort. Right. Hey, I'm paying for this specifically for this, and I'm not getting this. So, you know, how about you guys? Until you, I don't mind paying for it again when the channels are all there. But until then, I don't think I should be paying the 13 bucks a month for that. But yeah. The whole throw me a freaking bone kind of a moment there. Yeah, it's kind of one of those. It's you know just like the whole thing with the NFL lockout and the NBA lockout. It's kind of like, oh, let's see. I'm being held at the mercy of millionaires and billionaires arguing over money. Don't have a whole lot of sympathy here, guys. Has mm-hmm. a lot of arguments. Yes. Details. Details. So let's see. What else do we have? Okay, where were we? Yes. Um, oh, God, I got to ring it. I got to read this. Which one? I hope there's pictures. <laughs> Dare oh, I wow, ask. there are. Holy crap. Of what? Topless woman in G-string arrested after leading cha- police on a 128-mile-an-hour car chase. 100? Wow. And there's a dash cam picked. Of course, it's all grayed out, but... Oh, well, wow. Of course, the, the, the police force you know, invests in many, many cans of blur. And then she's doing stuff. Oh, this is awesome. <laughs> Do tell. Uh, when they approached her vehicle, the nearly naked woman got out and staggered across the road before she was handcuffed. She has been charged with operating a vehicle impaired... Refusing a blood alcohol test, fleeing and eluding, criminal damage, driving under suspended license, speeding and reckless operation at Chardon Municipal Court. And I don't know where this is. Oh, wait. I'm sorry. Uh, a topless and, dr- and drunken woman led police on a car chase doing f- uh, along Route 422 at speeds of up to 128 miles an hour before stranding the officers. Uh, Aaron B. Holdsworth, 28, of Hiram, Ohio, was found to be wearing only fishnet stockings, a G-string, and high heels when she was arrested in Auburn Township. Officers used stingers along the highway to disable two of Holdsworth's tires, and she was forced to pull over on the side of the road a short time later. And this is coming from apparently a oh a British website because they spelled tires T Y R E S. <laughs> that was wacky Brits. Yep. Uh, see, this was October 11th, and they show blurred out pictures of her kicking the glass divider between her and the officer in the back of the patrol car. Oof. And yeah, walk, getting out of the car and walking, and it's oh, they actually have video too. Sweet, <laughs> it's a dash cam. It's a we it's have a, different priorities. Yeah. It's a dash cam, and it's all blurred out. But still, this is. Awesome. I want to ask about the raging the about Battlefield Three in Germany spyware included with the game. Oh, even better. Talk to me about that one, or have you not seen it? Oh, I haven't. I haven't even read it yet. Nope. Bring it up. Uh, let's see. Oh, spyware included. Let's see what this says. Let's see. Spyware included. Uh, Battlefield 3 is for many the game of the year, but the mood of the gamer is in basement in the basement after release because the game is to be spyware hidden. 
Ridden, I bet. Ridden, that means. I bet, is what that means. Electronic Arts, where she she has extra installed to cure copy protection. This has got to be some kind of a translation. Okay, it is. It's a translation okay. from German. All right, so Germans. Uh, I was yes. going to say because the English in this is terrible. Anyways, Battle, Battlefield. Well, 3, it's Google translating it automatically. Oh, Battlefield which Three has probably the best graphics impressive. of all time and great gameplay, and therefore was celebrated long before the publication of Game of the Year. But now the game, to the annoyance of gamers, attracts. Attracts the charge. If we agree with the terms of use, the computer is spying literally from EA. We've been over this, haven't we? Mm, I thought we said vaguely. something about this a couple of weeks ago, like the last time I was actually here. Um, that would have been five yeah, weeks ago. <laughs> ages ago. <laughs> Why do you think I said it in that tone of voice? <laughs> this affects how users of the EA download service Origin to be installed on to play Battlefield 3. Every gamer has installed. Is okay, I thought this was new. I thought I, I could have sworn I'd heard something about it. I bet it's it. just deployed. I bet it's just deployed in Germany, and that's what's yeah. going on there. And that's is what that it just released and PO'd about. EA's Battlefield Three ships 10 million units in the first week. I think it's doing rather well. It certainly, I, has yeah, been I would well say received. that. Yeah, it has. Especially, yes. I mean, primarily for its multiplayer goodness. And I um, hear that Kindle Fire is sold out. Do we hear anything about Kindle um, Fire? Yeah, it's it's the first round of, of manufacturer is sold out at this point, and now you're no, on the no. waiting list. What is it? The Kindle Fire is Amazon's response to the media tablet. It to the is, iPad. yeah, to the yeah to the iPad. Um, it is. It looks great. Price point of one ninety nine. Releases on November fifteenth, and it has a lot of really awesome stuff. Oh, yeah. Android based, multi purpose, full color tablet with all the bells and whistles. Woohoo! Smaller seven inch screen instead of a ten inch screen. Um, doesn't have cameras, but yeah, but it's, seven it's, inch screen is but fine. still fine. Yeah, and it's more the, purse size for than... the wonderful price. You know, the the magical price point of one ninety nine ninety nine. They've sold out their entire first production run, and they haven't shipped a single unit yet. So something about that sounds like it's a winner. And it's yeah, well, it's a combination you know? of features plus price point. Exactly. Well, yeah, at one hundred ninety nine. Plus, let's face facts: it is an Android machine, and anyone who happens to want to, you know, have access to a ton of media mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and yet give Apple the finger. Yes. <laughs> or it's or going just to don't go. have five hundred dollars to right drop on, on an iPad. Yeah. Meanwhile, zombies. I just opened that up. Dibs. Zombies. <laughs> Live the Screams on Denver's 16th Mall, 16th Street Mall Crawl. Zombies of all ages, shapes, and fake blood types converged on the 16th Street Mall on Saturday for Denver's 6th Annual Zombie Crawl. I thought it was a zombie stagger. Stagger, crawl, whatever works. Daniel Newman, the 31-year-old founder of the event, estimated that 12,000 zombies were in or near Skyline Park an hour and a half after the crawl began. Costumes at the event range from simple face painting to more elaborate riffs on American pop culture and current world events. Brian Stronggreen, 29, a student at the University of Colorado at Denver, wore a costume called Zombie Gaddafi. His attire bore a striking similarity to the recently deceased Libyan leader. Oh. Too soon? Too soon. Poor taste. A little too soon, yeah. I used to be in the military and I'm all for dead dictators, he said. I just couldn't find a jerry curl wig. That ain't right, kids. Don't do drugs. Uh, zombie Gaddafi was joined Saturday by a host of other public figures who died during the past year, including a zombie Bin Laden and the more than a few zombie Amy Winehouses. Uh, again, too soon. Too soon. Too soon. Oh, you know, there's just those funny things like uh, translation issues when we live in a global society. 
Um, the new Nokia phone, the Lumia, translates to prostitute in Spanish. Yeah, I thought that was pretty fun. Apple didn't realize Siri is rump, ass, or bottom in Japanese. Yeah, there is um, that. Well, can, <coughs> remember, Nintendo Wii, I mean, right. hello. Yeah. Well, there's also the, you know, bungled brand names. Remember, my the very first one I realized was was uh, the Chevy Nova. Yeah, which ultimately um, meant homosexual or doesn't go. Right. Nova, no go. Mm. You know, it's pretty pretty funny. Yeah. Um, why, you know, certain things get different names when released in different countries. Especially when it's a, from an English standpoint, a made-up name like Siri. Um, right. Doesn't mean that... That's the problem with having so damn many languages on the face of the earth is you're going to run afoul of somebody. You just have to wonder if it's going to run afoul of a, a nation where you're trying to make some money. Then you might consider renaming it in that part of the world. In Mexico, fresca is a word for lesbian. Okay, then. See, that therein lies the problem. <laughs> well, it's also considered a... F- I mean, well, that's because it's a slang term. Mm-hmm. I mean, the word fresca isn't. I believe it means fresh in Spanish, but... Or similar. Or something similar, but at the same salsa time... Fresca. Salsa fresca. Yeah, you can see how they could... Yep. The use that as a term for fresca. someone who's vo- flamboyantly homosexual. Oh, my goodness. All right, I'm going to have to walk away again. The Coors Turn It Loose campaign. Campaign was working magnificently in the U.S. for beer giant Coors. Unfortunately, when marketed to Spanish-speaking countries, the meaning translates to suffer from diarrhea. <laughs> <laughs> Not, no. That reminds me of another one. That's that, good. Uh, Too bad. Like that, That's a, good. A campaign uh, that Coke, Coca-Cola did one time, which you, you Coke's Coke adds life or something like that, which in the African nation was Coke will bring your ancestors back from the dead. Oh, interesting. <laughs> All right. Nice. Ouch. Unintended consequences. But hey, in the strange slash other category uh, from the smoking gun. Cops hunt for man who firebombed local Taco Bell because his chalupas had too little meat. I saw that. Georgia police are hunting for the aggrieved Taco Bell customer who threw a Molotov cocktail at the restaurant's drive-thru window after phoning in a complaint that there was not enough meat in the chalupas he had purchased. Okay, step one. If you want meat, don't go to Taco Bell. Yes. The bizarre incident occurred around 5 a.m. Sunday at a Taco Bell on North Slappy Boulevard, Yes, kids, I didn't make that up. That's North Slappy Boulevard in Albany. The small blaze did not cause injuries or damage to the building. According to a police report, Taco Bell manager Cynthia Thompson told cops that shortly before the firebombing, a man called the restaurant to complain about a reported meat shortage in his, quote, two XL chalupas, end quote. The caller told Yes, the ones that they advertised with having, like, a a metric ton of meat in them. Meat-like filling. Meat-like filling, thanks. The caller told Thompson that after getting home, realized that there was not enough stuffing inside of his chalupas and demanded his order be corrected. Yes, of course, the next step after being informed that the... (laughs) Firebombing! Well, that the... I'm sorry, we can't correct it because we have since closed for the evening. Um, Yeah. Uh... (laughs) The, the, another wacky thing here is investigators found the makeshift incendiary device, a melting plastic bottle with a liquid substance still inside, outside the Taco Bell, where a large sign beckons patrons to come try the new XXL Chalupa. Bigger is better. Okay, who the hell makes a Molotov cocktail out of a plastic bottle? Uh, someone in Georgia? I guess so. A particular someone in Georgia? Yeah. Someone unsatisfied with their with alleged their ch- meat-like... Their extra, extra large Chalupa? Drop the Chalupa. Yeah. yeah, you better better work on the concept of 
why or how a Molotov cocktail is expected to function. Yes. Well, you know, amateurs. Uh, let's see. You are... Wait, I have to find out where this was. Because this I thought was really cool. Oh, this was under uh, Tech News for Silmol. Okay. You are data. Four megabytes to be exact. Okay. Bits and Base Pairs explores the concept that the information encoded in our DNA can be compressed down to just four megabytes. The example, or the equivalent, for example, of the three floppy disks you owned in 1999. <laughs> to think of ourselves as mere data can feel mundane, the scientists who worked out the compression called their, <laughs> called their paper, called their paper e- human genomes as email attachments. <laughs> <laughs> or silly, see Reddit commenters' discussion of the idea that a human sperm carries 37.5 megabytes of information. This short anim- animation, on the other hand, which I have not watched yet, sees the beauty in our data, both digital and genetic. Animator Evan Anthony talks about the making of the short in the interview below, and this is on The Atlantic. And he's interviewed by, if her profile picture is anything to be believed, is freakishly hot-looking girl who works. <laughs> Damn, she's good-looking. I'd like to check out that genome. Not as good-looking as my girlfriend, but good-looking nonetheless. And then good on save. the same... Thank you. On the same thing, you'll like this, um, is a link on the same page. I think it's down on the bottom. Oh, maybe it's not. Anyways, it's a Blade Runner-infused time-lapse of the Tokyo skyline. And it's Tokyo, it says Tokyo's hypermodern urban landscape is a perfect match for a mashup of the Blade Runner soundtrack. Uh, filmmaker Samuel Cockaday shot these landscapes on a Excuse canon. Me. Samuel Cockaday. I'm not Cockadee. I don't know. It's C O C K E D E Y. I don't know how to pronounce the guy's name. Cockaday. Exactly. He has a website. Um, he shot these uh, landscapes over the, the Cockaday of, website. Course of a year. Yes. Sam. Let's it, think about that. <laughs> don't look it up. <laughs> no, God, don't look it up. No. Work with me here. Come on. Hang on. I'm going to post this in the black void. Oh, God. Are you cruel? If I just got a text from my girlfriend. Very good save. All right. Give me a second. I'm, uh, Please don't search for that on the net, people. I'm, uh, I just posted the link to the Tokyo Skyline thing because I thought that was kind of cool. Okay, Tokyo, it's a little video, so obviously. Tokyo Skyline, it. better than Cockadee. <laughs> Euromaka says, Euromaka says keeps the doctor away. <laughs> well played, sir. Well played. Trollface.jpg. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. All right. <clears throat> bookmark that because I want to watch it later. From- <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> He's got to have his clock a day. No. <laughs> the Tokyo Skyline thing. Not, not sure. Yeah. Not uh, anything else. Mm-hmm. You perverts. And the four megabytes. The your four megabytes of information. <laughs> I'm going to go to hell when I die. Moving on. From CNN.com. An airplane baggage screener faces dismissal. This was funny. For leaving a note on a passenger's bag that said, get your freak on, girl. Stupid. After discovering a vibrator. Yes, and he deserves to lose his job. Or she. Or she. The transport- I got the impression it was a guy, because I don't think a girl would do that. The Transportation Security Administration, quote, has initiated action to remove the individual from federal service, end quote. An agency spokesperson said, like all federal employees, this individual is entitled to due process and protected by the Privacy Act. During the removal action process, the employee will not perform any screening duties. The agency randomly selects checked baggage for screening on flights originating in the United States. Lawyer and writer Jill Filopovic... 
tweeted a picture of the note Monday and later blogged about it on Feministe. This is what the TSA will do when they inspect a bag you checked and find um, a personal item, she wrote. Total violation of privacy, wildly inappropriate and clearly not okay, but I also just died laughing in my hotel room. Yes. The TSA identified and removed the employee from screening operations, the TSA said Wednesday on its blog. It's like dueling blogs. After completing an investigation, action was initiated to remove the individual from federal service. So the violated person obviously has taken it in good humor while acknowledging while that acknowledging that, that is highly inappropriate highly inappropriate totally inappropriate wildly inappropriate yes i agree um and had i found something like that in my luggage well, at any given point in time i'd have been ticked yeah and and actually tsa is lucky that the individual in question is taking it with such good humor and is only saying i want this person fired rightfully so and not suing the bloody daylights out of the government considering Don't they have that enough she's losses? an attorney Yes, especially considering that she's an attorney. And we all know what happens when people sue the government successfully. The taxpayers pay for it. Yes. Not the people in question. So, yeah. uh, Be careful what you ship. Yes. So there have been a number of horror stories about uh, women carrying that kind of, quote, personal item, um, having to pull them out and display them in public uh, while being queried by the... I can imagine myself in the TSA side of things as that individual who's searching the luggage. I'll be like, we're just going to leave those in the bag because I really don't want you waving those around here. Well, you can imagine what what (laughs) some of those things, you know, some of those electromechanical devices might look like under an x-ray. Oh, yeah. Oh, well, absolutely. I'm totally not blaming that, but I'm looking at, I'm looking at, yeah, from the appropriateness and lack of it. I mean, people are, are upset enough. God knows how I feel when I go through TSA security. How about that Freedom Group? Yeah, exactly. So, um, yeah, I got stopped when I had the cast on my hand. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I told you that. No. I was flying back to Michigan for my cousin's wedding. Okay. And my stuff went through, and they said, sir, we need you to step over here with this gentleman. And I thought about it for a second. I thought, okay, I made this reservation like two months ago. Granted, I'm a single male, and I am in the military. And but I'm not armed. I took all the knives out of everything, and oh, the cast. Mm-hmm. And so they, it wasn't like they searched me. I mean, it was really actually not bad at all because the guy and I we were making jokes back and forth about it. And all he did was take one of those little electronic sniffers and rub it over. Yeah, he did that with the wand, but he took one of those little. They take the patch and rub it over your for whatever for residue. yeah for explosive residue. Put it in the machine and said, "Okay, you're free to go. Thanks. See you." And I actually got that coming and going. Or, Going in, coming back. Mm-hmm. So, going and coming and all right, coming next and going. Image of the day. The Lord of the Rings Hobbits reunited. Yep, saw that one. Yep, it's already ha- been ten freaking years since Fellowship of the Ring. Yeah, people. it has. That's really scary. That ain't right. But this picture is awesome because it's got uh, all three of the, all four of the guys in it, and Elijah Wood's wearing a tuxedo and they're pouring each other whiskey. And, mm, yeah, it's really good cool. whiskey. It looks like scotch, actually. Anyways, though we haven't read it, read it yet, Empire Magazine promises that their latest issue is chock full of all kinds of Lord of the Rings awesomeness. In celebration of the 10-year anniversary of the Lord of the Rings, Fellowship of the Rings, can you believe it's been 10 years already? Which kicked off one of the greatest and most successful movie <coughs> trilogies of all time. The issue comes packed with stuff like behind-the-scenes images, concept art, interviews, and Oscar night reflections, as well as a fun little reunion for the four men who played the film's main hobbits, Elijah Wood, Frodo, Sean Astin, Samwise Gamgee, 
Uh, Billy Boyd Pippin and Dominic Monaghan Mary. According, accompanying the image above, which just hit Empire, is this little Reservoir Dogs-esque reunion trailer below. Looks yep. very cool. Yeah, it just, that just astounds me. They're ten freaking years. Yeah, where does the time go? And they're still not done with the first Hobbit movie, damn it. <laughs> I like the quote across on the top. <laughs> yes, Eric, the, the man I knew that was Maker's Mark. It just frightens me that I recognize the backside of the bottle. But anyway. Uh, yeah, actually, I think you're right. That is Maker's Mark. Yeah, they have that distinctive Yeah, well, it's the, red, the red, rack, red wax seal on top. Anyways, it looks – the quote across the top of the page, this is at movies.com, is I disagree with people who think you learn more from getting beat up than you do from winning. And it looks awful lot like Tom Cruise from Risky Business, <laughs> which was on the other night, and I didn't watch it, and I regret that now. Because that's a, that's a great film. Never a dull moment. Nope. She's what every white boy wants. Yes. But anyway. My name is, I forget what his character's name was. I, I, I just made, <laughs> yeah, I just made a All I remember from that money. movie is, okay, who's the U-boat commander? Yes. <laughs> Classic moment. After I open the Porsche on the 928 and all the water with the trout comes out. Okay. <laughs> who's the u So, who's the U-boat commander? Yep. Epic. Moving on. We have a break. I'm going to go get a frosty Brown tinted beverage, I think, during this one, because damn. You are listening to Casually Hardcore live on Versus the World Radio, VTWProductions.com. We shall return right after this. Versus the World Radio uses Typefrag Ventrilo servers. Try them out for free at www.vtwproductions.com. Once you've experienced their incredible sound quality or their high availability worldwide servers, sign up for your own vent server at typefrag.com. Use promo code VTW for a special deal. Try on all of their fantastic features, such as their money-back guarantee, instant setup over the Internet, web-based control panel, live chat support, and servers based around the world, so you can always find one that is near to where you like to play. Versus the World uses Typefrag, and so should you. www.typefrag.com, promo code VTW. Here at the bar, who cares what I do? I'm all alone, but I'm drinking for two. Drowning the man that I used to be Nobody loves you like me I won't sign a thing Or else if I do I'll use a pencil and that will show you How nothing lasts How nothing is free Nobody loves you like me I shouldn't stay, I think you'll agree It's no good for you, no better for me In the morning I'll go to a place far away Somewhere you'll never find me I catch a look, a thing that you say out on the fire escape smoking all day missing someone now who could it be 
Nobody loves you like me Noises outside The trucks in the street Will cover my flight My heroes retreat I'm supposed to feel bad But I don't anymore Only when you remind me Air in my lungs A cough and a wheeze Holes in the bellows And blood on the keys You move along There's nothing to see Nobody loves you like me Nobody loves you like me. You are listening to VTW. 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 Productions. 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 Dot com. Dot com. Dot com. Dot com. Versus the World Radio. Casually Hardcore continues live on Versus the World Radio, VTW Production, VTW Productions.com. <sighs> so I've been attempting to rectify something that, that seems to very commonly happen to people once they get into creating podcasts is you very rapidly stop listening to other podcasts because your time is consumed by creating the one you're working on and you summarily stop having time to listen to other shows. Do you think that works with blogs, too? Oh, very much. Um, it's, it's the weird, once you get into something, you stop participating in it, and I've tried to make a conscious effort to get out there and start consuming again, because uh, I still have quite a bit of drive time in my typical week where I'm driving all over creation to get to my various client locations, mm-hmm. and I tried to uh, get some of the various podcasting aggregator software working on the old iPad. It's also been surprisingly difficult to find one that works reliably. Really? Yeah. Uh, the, the one that everyone holds up as the kind of go-to one is called Podcatcher. Mm-hmm. I found to be very annoying about not effectively downloading entire episodes or streaming properly. It's It's been very oh. twitchy on my iPad. That's not good. That and it was, It's an iPhone, iPod Touch app. That when you run it in iPad mode, only orients in the vertical uh, position and has the normal extra chunkiness when you go to, to 2X mode to blow it up to the full screen. That, it's just, but as far as just the reliability, so for part of me just wants a recommendation from the Black Void and the podcast, podcast listening uh, audience, a reliable podcast aggregator for the iPad. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's my primary listening device while I'm tooling around town, and I've found it to be kind of twitchy. It's, it's one of those areas where they just seem to be working on it. Even the big guys, um, the This Week in Technology guys who have an actual written-by-MediaFly app for their entire network's worth of shows, video and audio, mm-hmm. still <clears throat> somewhat twitchy um, when you want to <coughs> pause playback Go to another app, come back. It'll very often forget where you were. Well, that's not good. Manually fast forward. That one is at least good about reliably streaming the stuff and or downloading if you tell it to. But it does, it still seems to be an area where they need to work on the reliability. And I'm not being a programmer, I don't know what the particular challenges are. All I know is as a consumer, I just want one freaking thing that works. Mm-hmm. Um, 
But the practical upshot is finally had some time over the last month or so to actually begin listening to other shows again mm-hmm. um, and been having some fun you know, starting just with the Versus the World Network, right? Um, getting reconnected to some of the other fine shows, such as Difficulty Check Second Edition, Show X, uh, and when I'm in the correct mood, The Emperor's Court, um, all the fine shows are worth your time. So the usual plugity plug McPlugster. Go to the front page, click on the Shows tab, check out all the fine shows. You will be glad that you did, including a soon-to-be-added uh, show Keep an eye on the front page for that one. Ooh. Do not look directly at the, the photo of uh, Doctor. Yes. As a Don't uh, even look at it out of the corner of your eye. Be afraid. Be very afraid. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've been spending time versus the world. The Frog Pants Network has plenty of fine offerings from Scott Johnson and his crew. Just go to frogpants.com for that one. And for the more than semi-professional uh, productions, head over to twit.tv for the This Week in Technology network of shows. And they have an ever-expanding lineup there um, of netcasts. And they typically have both a video-packaged and audio-only packaged uh, version of their, and probably the most robust, dedicated app for any uh, network I've found so far. And the offerings there are quite wide. They also have a show which would be of interest to Gwen and myself called Ham Nation mm-hmm. um, for the amateur radio person in your life. Home theater focused shows, Android, Windows, uh, they have Twig, This Week in Google. Uh, so they have lots of very focused areas of uh, even ones that just focus on social networks. If you're you know really into your Facebook and or Google Plus, they have a show for you. So I'm kind of digging my way through those. So I highly recommend checking out any of those, you know, starting with Versus the World, of course. Um, Frog Pants and Twit.tv. Uh, if you're looking for fun, have, kind of heavy on the technology, but generally nerdy, geeky-based uh, shows to fill in your podcasting time, uh, check them all out. I've been having a great time doing that. And I'm also looking for suggestions. Uh, you guys came through with me on the suggestions for books to read, which has me set for the foreseeable future, so I'm also looking for podcasts yeah, that I should be checking out. I kind of did the same thing. Yeah. Between the Nook and some books that I found. But I was having a conversation with my mom about it when I was over at their at my parents' house for dinner last Sunday night. And I was, while they, my parents are washing the dishes, I was sitting in the in their family room reading a book. And a, the latest series that I'm reading is the Safe Hold series from David Weber. And my mother was asking about it. Basically what happens is, and I'll explain it to, since I just got the quizzical look from Gnomewise, really is David Weber is one of my favorite authors. He wrote the Honor Harrington series of space opera. It's based on... Which was one uh, of the series that was recommended to uh, me. Horatio Hornblower. It's actually very good stuff. I haven't read all of it. I kind of got tired of it after a while, but that was just me. Um, he's written another series that I can't remember the name of right off the top of my head, but it was excellent. Um, uh, particularly the first book, which is called Insurrection. And this book is basically about a star-spanning human empire that runs into a uh, another space-faring race mm-hmm. that we don't know what the name is, and basically they start exterminating humanity. Very Actually, before they, right, before they found that, I have to back up a little bit, Humans ran across the remains of another civilization that was destroyed by these aliens. Gotcha. And that was basically first contact for us because we realized, ooh, we are not alone out here, and there are unfriendly people in the neighborhood. With big, 
Big guns. Big, big guns. So then the human race starts arming itself at a frantic rate, and a decade later actually runs into these aliens, and they start destroying the human race. Exterminate. And they do. Well, the plan that's come up, and what they figure out is that these aliens are tracking basically neutrino emissions from modern society, and that's how they're figuring out where all the colonies are. Okay. And going, they're not even bothering to make contact. They're just going and exterminating the human race. So humanity comes up with a plan to break off a different colony. Every colony that they establish in order to stave this off, if they use modern technology, they find out that, yes, they find that colony no matter how hard we try to to, to hide it because of the emissions, the radio emissions, neutrino emissions, like I said, and everything. These aliens find it and just kill everything. Okay. So what they do is they say, we're going to send this back to a pre-industrial society. So they take 8 million people voluntarily brain they all volunteer for this brainwash them and put and terraform a planet basically there's a deception plan in place that works i won't say what it is because i don't want to spoil too much that sets this colony up okay well the two leaders of this colony basically are megalomaniacs and huge egomaniacs and set themselves up as archangels and set up a church based on anti-technology and put it in place. Okay. So, in the meantime, you have the uh, a naval officer, a young woman, who her father is fabulously wealthy, and they have basically androids that you can download your personality into, and everything about you psychologically, your memories, everything, into this analog, this android of you. Okay. And it will function autonomously for ten days. Just 10 days. Just 10 days. That's the way it's programmed. Okay. But what you can do is you can use this thing. It's basically indestructible, you know, a superhuman kind of a thing. And basically what you can do is send it in to do things that would be far too dangerous for you to do, like hang gliding in the Andes was the (laughs) specific example that was given. So this woman has this thing. So basically they have one of the – as part of the terraforming crew, they have one of the most brilliant cyberneticists of all time. And so he undoes that programming. So this thing will function forever okay. until it wears out. So they program this thing in her and basically uh, put the analog, The it's called a PICA. I forget what the initial is. P-I-C-A. P-I-C-A. I forget what it stands for. But anyways, put this thing away on this planet in this secret chamber buried under 12,000 meters of mountain and let it go. Well, it gets activated Eight and a half centuries later. Okay. The biological woman that this thing is programmed off of Long is dead. dead. Long dead. She died with the rest of the fleet. So she comes awake, sends out all kinds of little spy bots, figures out what's going on with this place, and then transforms herself into Merlin and goes and picks a nation on this planet and introduces them some ideas mm-hmm. about... They have a very big navy akin to the British Navy in the 17th and 18th centuries and um, gives them all these kinds of things. And the church has become this overbearing, totally corrupt. And so the books are about this nation fighting against the church. And the thing I like about it is you have to remember long term, you have this this overarching story arc that says, okay, eventually these people are going to come back and I want to see the final battle against these aliens. Right. Because you know that has to happen at some point. And he's five books into it already. Mm-hmm. So at some point he's going to have to stop what he's doing and figure out how to fast forward it. Right. And go from there. 
So um, it should be highly entertaining to watch. But I was doing that, and then I was telling my mother I went to Barnes & Noble and got some of their classic series. I got Sun Tzu's Art of War. I got The Federalist, which is all the essays that Thomas Jefferson and all of those folks wrote in response to the original Constitution during the Constitutional Congress. So it's considered the third most, behind the Constitution and the Declaration of Independence, the third most important political document in American history. And, oh, I got some Jack London, too. Because it was buy two, get one free. And get some Jack And I'm going to go back and get because uh, some Thoreau, because they have On on Walden Pond and uh, Civil Disobedience packages one. And Civil Disobedience I really want to read because, especially with the times we live in rather it's his common yeah on. it's his commentary on the duties and rights of a citizen or the duties of an american citizen in terms of civil disobedience when you disagree with the, with what the government is doing and yeah given what's going on in this day and age i think that's kind of something that i should know about but my mother commented she's like you read the most interesting things she said you've always been like that you read these off the wall things that i wouldn't expect of you it's okay. well if you if you do civil disobedience, they will shoot a tear gas canister at your head. Right. That's Or arrest you or, you know, well, that whatever. too. Yeah, that's kind of a given these days. But I'm not bitter. No, not at all. Not at all. So I, I realize that was a very long-winded explanation, <laughs> you but think? you kind of have to do that with, the, with, the, with that series. But it's a very, very good series. So, otherwise, I'm just kind of waiting for other stuff to come out because I, I, every once in a while, I, you know, even though I have a nook, I go through to Barnes and Noble and just walk because I love Barnes and Noble, and I walk through just walk through their science fiction section and see what attracts my attention. And the problem I have with Barnes and Noble is they don't have enough science fiction and fantasy ebooks. All the stuff that I like to read, they don't have an ebook. They have it in just book book, in, yeah. in Dead Tree Edition. Yeah. Although I'm kind of working my way through at the same time the original, the original Three Musketeers by. Alexander Dumont. Dumont. And I did go see the movie. It was actually, it was entertaining. The latest movie, the latest yes. remake? Yes. Was, that was actually good? It was entertaining. Okay. Yeah, I don't know if I'd really call it good, but it was. I was entertained. I guess every generation gets their remake of yes. Three Musketeers. We yes. had one, I forget, it was obviously very Oh, no, it was, it, was, uh, it was the Brat Pack, because it was Kiefer Sutherland and... Charlie Sheen and Emilio Estevez, and I forget who else was in it, and see, I didn't see it. I there was I, one even more recently than that. I don't remember if it was, but Orlando Bloom was in this as Lord Buckingham. Orlando. <gasps> yes, Bloom. actually, he did a really good turn as a villain. It was pretty funny. Oh, got to stretch his legs as Yeah, villain. he's a bad guy, and Mila Jovovich is in it. Mila? Mila, and wears a very short skirt at one point. In a period piece. Yes. It's uh, it's kind of steampunkish. Okay. They have airships. Okay, so it's an alternate. Yeah, it's kind of like when uh, Will Smith did Wild Wild West. Okay, well, I mean that that was always the conceit of Wild Wild West. Right. I mean, Wild Wild West is one of the yeah, earliest examples of what we would now call steampunk. steampunk. Right. But when they did it, it they took it a little, and because wasn't Kevin Klein in that too? Yes. They took it way, 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 way over the top. But you go to the original television series Wild Wild West, and it was it was the Victorian era super spy. Yes. So they they had a lot of fun with the okay. Let's take all the James Bond conceits. And how would they do that with Victorian area technology? Yes. And it was, I mean, the, the TV series was wildly better than the movie because um, Richard Donner has this fixation with giant spiders. Yes, he does. Um, that, that was actually one of the best things. You, you go listen to the various talks that you know, Kevin Smith has given at universities and stuff where he talks about his sit-down interview with 
Richard Donner talking about ideas for a new Superman film mm-hmm. and talks about, you know, he wants this fight with this giant spider. And Kevin says, like, uh, freaking what? Uh, and and yeah. then he says, then they went out to do Wild Wild West, which culminates in a fight with the giant spider. Giant mechanical spider. So he got his movie after all. So, but I digress. So the, oops. I have so, a yeah, I've child been, in that. I've been doing a bit of reading lately. Yep, I've been working on the uh, Tad Williams Otherworld book that was uh, recommended to me. I've read the Dragonbone Chair series. Dragonbone Chair. Yes, it's his epic fantasy. It's a trilogy. It's actually very interesting. It's, it's a good it's series. Another, I like Another it. Tad Williams. Uh, yeah. And, uh, and, and, and Watership Down. Watch which, it down. which your wife will be familiar with. Oh, yes. Because we read it in high school. I still call refer to my dog as the fairy wog dog every once in a while. The fairy wog dog? Yes. I still refer to my dog as the fairy wog dog. Um, dogs aren't dangerous. Uh, no, not at all. <laughs> oh. At least not mine. Ella Ferreira. Yes. Yes. So... Actually, was the Watership Down the and, book? I like the animated, well, the, the animated was movie. One of the first instances of animation that I encountered in my young life that was more pure storytelling. Yes, it where was. The animation was that. just happened to be the medium that was you, know, you couldn't exactly train rabbits to do that for right. real, so it was kind of the only choice. Um, and it was my first. Yeah, but exposure. it was semi-realistic animation. <gasps> no, it's definitely animation too. I mean, it, it even though it's not, it reminds me very much of rotoscoping. Yeah, and the whole. Uh, but it was just simply the matter. Heavy metal. Yeah, well, yeah, bits, yeah, bits of heavy metal. Bits of heavy metal, anyways. But the just the use of animation to just tell a serious story, you know, that was a revolutionary concept to me at the time, because as a child, you know, my animation to me had been Merry S- Melodies, Scooby Doo. Ruby Roo? Yeah, exactly. Ooh, my wife daughter is fascinated by the by the red blinky light. Summoned her across the room with the red blinky light. Now, surreptitiously, when nobody was watching, worked on the dog too. Actually, yeah, well, the, yes, the dog and the child. The dog. Oh, yeah, dog's the, chasing the girl. The dog he's, and the child. He's are, looking are, for are food. One. He's figured that out. Now, quietly in the background, someone has crept in via Skype. Uh, oh, really? And and I would like to speak to his beard. Oh. Every time you guys get on a topic that I feel like I need to put my two cents in, I try to call you over Skype. And I uh, summarily ignore <laughs> you seem, to, which, to annoy you. Which seems to be on a weekly basis. Well, you yeah, added me this time. And it, and or at least always, every time that I'm here. It, you added me this time, and it's funny because I give up on the call, and I go back, and you're actually saying what I was going to add. Anyways, See how that so. works? Nice timing. Yes. So what, uh, I, what, got the beard, what got your beard hackles up this time? Um, how terribly... Uh, the idea of a steampunk uh, Three Musketeers was and how that airship would have never actually been able to fly and then the whole uh, Kevin Smith Wild Wild West story about how okay. the producer wanted him to put the spider in Superman's story and he was like, no, and then it showed up the next summer in a right. show about the Wild West. Barry, all I have to say is willful suspension of disbelief. Ugh. I know, believe <laughs> me, because I've read the first part of the original Three Musketeers and it's not an easy read. Just because Dumas fills the whole the whole book with what I call purple prose, it's very elaborate language, mm-hmm. and you have to work through it. 
But I knew enough about the story to be able to recognize, obviously, the characters, the main the main cast. But at the same time, yeah, I was looking at the airship going, um, no. While yeah. it's a great idea, no, this isn't happening. Because I know what the premise is for the original, which they put elements of it in there, but they just got all this other trappings in there. And I think if you got the right person... The right set of writers and the right director and the right producer to do that in the just the classic story, I think it would be, it would be a fantastic movie. But mm-hmm. they have to feel they have to put all the CGI crap in here, and well, yeah, that kind of doesn't work. And you and also 3D. left out the more important part. Yeah, exactly. It was uh, Three Musketeers in 3D was the title of the movie. Oh, and oddly enough, I went and saw it in 2D because I could. And, and also, I didn't feel like, and I didn't feel like spending the yeah. extra money. So. Emilio Estevez was one of the Brat Pack-ish people that was not in that uh, other three Musketeers. Oh, I just knew his. I knew his brother was in it, and I knew Keith Keith Sutherland in it, was in it. Mm-hmm. So I can't remember who Didn't else. Was Gerard Depardieu as well. I think uh, so. And he, made uh, very, he was probably Cardinal Richelieu. No, he was one. He was Porthos. Oh, was he? No. Right, now I have to look this. No, up. There, no, there are two different versions that you're thinking of because yeah. the one See, I'm thinking Porthos of the was Depardieu um, one. The guy from the X Men First Class movie. See, so, yeah, every couple, every bunch of years, someone dusts off the public domain and doesn't have to pay licensing. Oh, here uh, Three go. Musketeers and does yes. a new remake of it. Uh, just films. Okay. Because they don't, oh my God. don't have to pay for the source material. Let's see. Guaranteed moneymaker. They've done the Three Musketeers in. Yes. Let's see, 1903. Yeah. Uh, there was a Three Musketeers Part 1 and 2, 1911. 1914, 1916, 1921 times two, a French version and a silent film version starring Douglas Fairbanks. 1933, 1935, 1939, 1948, a popular Soviet musical featuring Mikhail Boyarsky. Uh, okay, the 1993 was a Disney production starring Charlie Sheen, Kiefer Sutherland, Chris O'Donnell, Oliver Flat, Platt, and Tim Curry, oddly enough. Tim Curry that's was recently. Uh, yeah, that's the one you were thinking of. 2001, a very loose adaptation in a style imitating Asian action movies. Uh, another one in French in 2005. And then this one... And then there's a direct-to-video modern adaptation or modern action adaptation by The Asylum. And then there were one, two, three, four, five, six, seven animated versions. There were, uh, let's see, one, two, three, I think three, the four, five, six, one I'm remembering eight. was The Man in the Iron Mask. Yes, that was the one I was getting to. And let's see. Oh, that had uh, Leonardo DiCaprio. Yeah, it had Leonardo DiCaprio in it, yes. And I remember that I saw that movie in the theater, and it was out of frame, and at several points I could see a boom mic in the shot. And that took me out out of the story What do they think they are, the Dungeons & Dragons movie? Jeez. That came out out in 1998, uh, starred Leonardo DiCaprio, Jeremy Irons, John Malcolmus, Gerard Depardieu, Depardieu. and Gabriel Byrne, which is actually, that's impressive, because I know who all those people are. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, Gabriel Byrne's a memorable kind of a guy. Yeah. He has a presence about he him. He does. He does. Actually, all five of those guys have presence. presences about them in their own individual ways. I actually heard that was a pretty good movie. 
And weirdly enough, Jeremy Probably Irons was. was also in that Dungeons and Dragons movie. Yes, he was. That was one of the worst movies I've ever seen in my entire life. Yeah, Dungeons hilarious. and Dragons starring the Boom Mic. Yes. I and was, a Wayans brother. And, and a Wayans brother. brother. <laughs> yes, I was massively disappointed by that. And they made a sequel. I don't remember that. I must have purged that memory. I think it was about as close to direct-to-DVD as you can get without actually being direct-to-DVD. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, sort it of on topic. Theater. Did you guys ever see the uh, animated version of the Dragonlance movie? No. No. The first they made, uh, they the made first, a Dragonlance movie. All right, an, wait. They made an animated the Dragonlance movie. I was going to say, movie. I'll let you handle this one, Isle. And it is awful. The animation in it is terrible. Hmm. Um, it follows the story of the original uh, Dragonlance War, Dragon pretty close to Twilight the books. And all that. But um, oh my gosh, it's some of the worst animation you'll ever see in your life. With like just glaring mistakes in it, like they color, like in one shot, all of a sudden Raceland's ro- like arm is the wrong color, and you're like, "What the hell is going on here?" <laughs> <laughs> it's I mean, it's like Wizards of the Coast having the same difficulty converting their properties to other media that Marvel had for the longest time. Okay, yeah. wait. It's got Kiefer Sutherland, Lucy Lawless, and Michael Rosenbaum doing the voices? Yeah, and it came out like three or four years ago, but the um, animation animated is awful. Feature film. More info. I have it on DVD. Trailers. Oh, you're admitting that? <laughs> oh, yeah. I was, I was working at Best Buy at the time, and I saw it on the shelf, and I was like, well, I have to buy that. Oh, yeah. That's kind of a requirement. Yeah. <laughs> it's the Dragon Land. Nine ninety nine on Amazon. Mm-hmm. I think that's. I oh wait, I uh, let's see. Nymph in the Black Void is saying, "Hey, I own the Dragonlands anime, and it's what he, and what he says it's la I don't think we're talking about the same thing. I don't no. think you're talking about the anime, are you? No, oh, it's not oh, an anime. Oh, oh, it's oh. it's definitely not. The animation in it is absolutely awful. Yeah, there may be more than one thing there. All right, that brings us neatly Ooh. up to our final break. I've been rejected. Oh, you've been rejected by the arch nemesis? Yes, I pulled her up Soundly. on my knee. And was the bouncing, implant is rejected. Bouncing, bouncing my leg, and she wanted absolutely nothing to do with you that. You are not the mama. No, I am not the mama. Call her mama, not big milk thing. <laughs> I speak, baby. <laughs> but I There's Dude, mom. You, really, you really try me, because now you I'm know. tempted to... Refer to your wife as big milk thing. <laughs> no, wait, wait, wait. There's First mom. First she'll punch Hang me on. for saying it. No, then no. she'll punch you. I'll leave it to your girlfriend who I know is listening. <laughs> now It'll be taken care of. I just need to sit here <laughs> and wait for the scream to echo across the valley. I need to come up with a, with a name for her. Hmm. We'll work on that. Well, that's well, not going to happen in the next 10 seconds. Big milk thing is already I need, spoken for. Yes, so. I, that's good. How about little milk thing? No, 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 no. What? No. Other milk That thing. can't oh. happen until she's had children, and that has not happened. I can only oh, think I of see. terribly inappropriate things to say. So yes, that's, really see, that's the problem I'm running into as well, <laughs> and I'm going to be in a lot of trouble later. You think? I just, <laughs> just waited. If not, as soon as she can grab her phone in I said, about I'm 45 waiting, seconds I'm waiting for the 40-second delay <laughs> that's what and I just the text. So... So essentially, um, there was, if you listen to that uh, reference, which is a Doctor Who reference, there is um, another baby that he speaks with (laughs) later in a different episode. Stormageddon. 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 Yes, his name is uh, Gavin, I think. And he doesn't like Gavin as a baby. He much prefers Stormageddon. Really? Destroyer Um, of all? Destroyer Destroyer of all. No, excuse me. Dark Lord of all. Dark Lord of all. That's right. I've heard about this. Not his mom. Not mom. One and two. And... Peasants. peasants. Yes. Everyone else is peasants. 
That's a nice little little gag they have in Doctor Who, which he speaks baby. Because <laughs> he speaks all kinds of languages, so he right. speaks baby. Of course yes. he speaks baby. And so it's the first time he meets uh, Melody Pond. He, uh, yeah. <laughs> the, the text has arrived as, as planned, and it simply says, be careful. With 27 exclamation points With, with 27 exclamation points. <laughs> LMFAO! <laughs> to which I say, <laughs> oh, you got to feel sorry for that guy. Yeah, that would at, be me. At, at which point, I've, I've got to wonder, is she worried that... Is she warning him that she might take action, corrective action with him? Or is she worried that I might damage a piece of him that she enjoys? I'm going to vote for C, all of the above. Take, twist, That's, that's my choice. Tear. C, 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 C. But anyway. That's a lot of C cups. Oh, sorry. About Isn't it time she, for a break? A little bit. <laughs> she said it, honey, not me. You are listening to Casually Hardcore, live on Versus the World Radio, vtwproductions.com. Our RSS feeds are created and maintained by RSS feed creator from JitBit Software. Check them out on the web at www.jitbit.com or follow the link from our front page. We shall return right after a little bit of Paul and Storm. This is Danielle Corsetto from Girls with Slingshots, and you're listening to Versus the World Radio. I hope you have a drink handy. Ten-fingered Johnny on the first day of July. He loved the season's grand displays of fireworks in the sky. Way hey, Tora Laura Lee. And so he drove across the state line to the fireworks stand. He came back with a string of firecrackers in his hand. He struck a match and lit them up, and everybody ran except for Johnny. Way, hey, boom, and up she goes. Six-finger Johnny on the 2nd of July And his need for large explosions still had not run dry Way hey, Tora Lorale So he went walking down Main Street With two M80s he had found And set them off in the gazebo at the center of the town And when the fuse began to sputter No one stood around Except for Johnny Way, hey, boom, and up she goes Three-fingered Johnny on the third day of July Jonesing for the ultimate in pyrotechnic highs Way, hey, Tura Lurali. He tied a brick of Johnny Rebs onto a model plane And then he doused the whole shebang in 93 octane It flew straight up and straight back down But nobody was maimed Except for Johnny Way, hey, boom, and up she goes 1.5 limb Johnny on the fourth day of July Hopped to the construction site to give it one last try Way, hey, Tura Lurali Inside the foreman's trailer was a case of dynamite Johnny held a zippo tween his toes and set it burning bright. The foreman saw the sparks begin and everyone took flight. Except for Johnny. 
They buried Johnny on the fifth day of July, and everyone in town showed up to say their last goodbye. Way hey, Tura Lura Lay. And though they knew he was a moron, no one could dispute the depth of Johnny's dedication to his life's pursuit. And sixty-seven Roman candles fired off in salute. To the sixty-seven pieces left of Johnny. Way, hey, boom, and up she goes. Hello, this is John Scalzi, and you're listening to Versus the World Radio. Casually Hardcore continues live on Versus the World Radio, vtwproductions.com, into our final segment of the show... If you leave now, you'll only have wasted 90 minutes of your life instead of two full hours. I'm going to show this to Nomads, and I don't know why. Okay. It's the text from the girlfriend. Excuse me. Wow. I refuse to say those words. Let me see. From BBKF, <laughs> my name is She Who Must Be Obeyed. I refuse to say those words. We uh, henceforward will be referring to her as BBKF. Yes. Yeah. And if you're not. Yes. Her you nickname know. is BBKF. That is her online handle. I had nothing to do with this. As a matter of fact, I protested vehemently during the break against this. So you people can explain it to her. Yes, well, you were outvoted three to one. I'm so. not going to. I wasn't aware this was a democracy. Four to one. I've spoken. Yes. <laughs> actually, I would say it's a benign dictatorship because he who actually controls the radio ring is, is kind of the dictator here. It goes a little something like this. Yep. Silence! <laughs> okay. Are we all on the same page now? Good. No. <clears throat> no. Silence! And that would be a, a, a special thank you back to Verveman, um, who actually made the suggestion for the full version. Um, we simply felt that it was very important that we shorten it. Yeah, PBKF so. is better. Yes. But I digress. All right, so we are in the taking calls. However, some guy is already on the line here, so he had better have something to say to the question of the week, which is, how are you observing Halloween this year? Um, I observe Halloween uh, the other 364 days of the year. So on tomorrow's actual holiday, I let people dress up as me, and I take the day off. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, so basically what you're saying is it's your one vacation day. And what is Reginald mm-hmm. doing? Um, he's going uh, out to the bars. Is he is he going as the beard for the mo- the most interesting man in, in the world? Uh, no, he would not stoop to that level. Oh, oh I see. well now. Actually, Regin- Reginald is going as a guy without a beard. There you go. <laughs> yeah, beard without a guy. A beard without a guy. Beard without a guy. <laughs> and, uh, that would and- just be a wolf man, right? Or a, uh, I got to think of you know. Something that's made entirely yeah, something that's made entirely out of hair. Yes, uh, like Chewbacca, <laughs> cousin, <laughs> cousin it. <laughs> but I digress. Oh my lord, preserve me from eighteen-month-olds. No, we knew this time was coming, oh. and foolishly we plunged forward with the radio show anyway. But she's so cute. She's adorable. She's also very disruptive. Yes, yes. So, uh... Find babysitter. Yes, we do. Oops. What do I do? What do I do? 
what do what I do? indeed do I do? What we do now is we summarily hang up on uh, Barry Von Awesome and request that other callers call in with their Halloween plans. <laughs> Goodbye, Just- Internet. <laughs> Bye-bye, radio people. And the Skype-named call is VTW Shows. That's VTW, as in versus the world, shows, plural. All one word, no spaces. Or come to the front page, vtwproductions.com, and find the icon in the lower right-hand corner, which says, I'm online. Click it. And if you have Skype properly installed in your rig, you'll soon be calling us. Yes. You can guess yes, what we're doing for Halloween. We are... Um Dressing up the chillins and following them around so they don't get in trouble. What are the chillins dressing up as? Uh, Nemesis selected his costume. We asked him what he wanted in terms of his costume, and he looked at us and said, I want to be Darth Vader. No, no, no. He got a very shifty look in his eye, and he said, Darth Vader. Oh, did he now? Yes. I'm going to take the girl, and you can talk to the stealthy person who has snuck onto Skype. Okay. Who are we talking to? Hello, stealthy person on Skype. Uh, we have no stealthy person on Skype. Uh oh. Not good. So don't don't dress up as Justin Bieber, please. There, are, there's one too many of those in the yes, world already. There is. So what is uh, our nemesis dressing up as? Uh, okay. So here's the funny story. I was so distracted between work and travel, and um, I was at Walt Disney World two weeks ago. Um, and, uh, I was told in no uncertain terms that if, that if I brought home a, any form of princess outfit, um, for Arch Nemesis, that I would be summarily divorced. So, this would be um, from the king of all he, who he surveys. Yes, this would be from, from Nomwise. Nomwise said (laughs) there will be no princesses in this house. It's an unrealistic expectation to to set with your daughter. Um, at which point I told him she's wearing sparkles at some point. So you can either have her be a princess or have her on the pole. Which would you like? <laughs> he keep, said, we can have princess at some point. Keep her off the pole. <laughs> so it's like, this is where sparkles come in, people. <laughs> All right, like, we so. have a new stealthy person who has stuck on. Who is our new stealthy person? I'll have to agree. Keep her off the pole. Those are the <laughs> rules. Yes. Who are we talking to? Deus Ex. Hi, oh. Deus. Hey, Deus. How are you? I'm here. Yeah. I feel you, man. W- what are you doing for uh, the great uh, Halloween? I get to give out candy at the, in the town that my college is at for a bunch of lucky, a bunch of ungrateful. Never mind. Not ungrateful. <laughs> <laughs> Gosh, I'm relating especially well with Deus today. <laughs> Th- they are. They are going to be ungrateful, yes. They are children. Children are very rarely grateful. No, we are not dressing her up as a brony. Jeez. What? I was get looking at dressing her up as Twilight so, Sparkle. Um, so, yes, I still have to get Arch Nemesis's costume, actually. <laughs> I just got a no, no finger. Wise, I no just, wise got a just flipped finger, off. Yeah, Nora. I got a one finger salute from Gnomewise. On the idea of dress, dressing, dressing her up, up as with, Twilight Sparkle, yes. which I don't She's know the rest. Hey, missing came Fluttershy. up with missing came up with it in the Black Void first. I was just repeating yeah. his idea, although I did think it was funny. But anyway, that's my that's my plan for Halloween: get giving treats out. 
two kids in Marshall where my college is, and then I get to come home and have more treats to and more ungrateful little. Never mind. Yeah, ungrateful gotcha. little small 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 people. Small people. That's what you're doing. So yeah, the I'm funny asking, part is. I'm asking, go ahead. Sorry. I'm asking to be. I'm asking to be told not to call them ungrateful by the missus. So. <laughs> but. So she's asking you to omit or actually lie. I guess a mixture of both. <laughs> okay. So, um, well, we actually have a tendency to go into other neighborhoods other than our own. We take our children over. We have friends who we trick or tweet with. Uh, to tweet the trick mm-hmm. or tweet with. I can't say it. Never mind. Trick or tweet. <laughs> um, each Halloween. So, but their their daughter is now getting much older so she's starting to go to the parties rather than go trick-or-treating so i'm thinking that we may have to come up with a new plan we shall see tomorrow in fact yep oh my goodness well that that sounds like a joy of fun uh never a dull moment it's yeah it is never a dull moment you've always got to keep them from eating the candy until you get home and can check it out and blah 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 all of that stuff but, uh, yeah, last year, uh, Nemesis went as Harry Potter, and Arch Nemesis went as a baby. Yeah. Um, and she still probably got a ton of candy. And um, we didn't actually trick or, trick or tweet with her. Tweet. I and did it again. She, and she still... Trick or treat. And she her. still probably got a lot of candy. Uh, she had some of her brother's candy, yes. Because he scored. But oh, last year at Halloween, she was only six months old, so oh. she, right. she wasn't actually eating. So Deus, I guess, Deus, uh, we're going to kick you. Going to kick you to the curb. Thank you for calling. See you, Deus. Thanks, guys. We'll catch you next Bye. time. Bye. Enjoy handing out your candy to ungrateful small things. <laughs> and Bye, says Nemesis. <laughs> Arch Nemesis. <laughs> you are on the air on Casually Hardcore. Who's calling? All right, this is Sakani, and I can actually hear you this time. Great. Yay! All right. Glad to have you back. Welcome yeah. to the show. What well, anyway, I wanted to give you guys a little um, story. I'll, I'll keep it kind of short. I went to a Halloween party last night, and I was trying to figure out what I was going to dress up as. I was you know, trying to think of something all week, and I couldn't figure it out at all. So someone suggested that I, um, I work for FedEx. So someone suggested that I just dress up as the um, FedEx guy for Halloween. And, okay. Yeah. Nice. And yeah, you know, I figured, well, hmm, you know, it's a um, cheaper alternative, and it's one I can pull off pretty well. So I said, hey, why not? So that's what I did. Excellent. Now, here's where it gets good. So I went to this oh. Halloween party, dressed up as a FedEx guy. Um, it was convincing enough that you no, know, a few people actually thought I was working when I showed up. <laughs> <laughs> that's an effective Halloween costume, right there. Yeah. So anyway, so I went in, had some fun, you no, know, acted the fool as usual, and then um, they ended up having a costume contest. Now, some of the people were there were dressed up very well. There was a guy dressed up as um, Beast with you no know, full face paint, hair, and everything. Like X-Men Beast, blue? Yeah, X-Men Beast, you no know, blue, blue and yellow, and okay. did it completely up. Another guy dressed as a um, dressed as the Pope, which was a very good costume. Did he have a Pope hat? Some, yeah. And someone else dressed up as a Japanese samurai, full armor and everything. Awesome. Um, now, here's the thing. They ended up having a contest... Uh, where the winner got a $50 first prize. And would you believe that 
I actually won that contest. <laughs> As the FedEx guy. As the FedEx guy. Grats. So um, the lesson to be learned here is um, minimum effort. Maximum effect. Maximum payoff, just like Blizzard. So, yeah. So, <laughs> some folks in the Black Void want to know if Hordak was at that party. <laughs> Pope Hordak. Pope, Pope, Pope Hordak. Hordak. Yep. Yeah. So, um, I was in the grocery. I was in the gro- I'm sorry, go ahead. No, I was going to say that I think he had a little bit more gray hair than Hordak. <laughs> uh, I was in the grocery store yesterday. Yeah, and of course, all the people in the grocery store, all the workers there have been encouraged to dress up in costumes. Right. So, all the, all the staff of the grocery store are. are are in their various costumes and I'm walking down the aisle and you know, here comes a zombie and then there's a vampire over there and here goes a princess by, you know, in the long dress and all this stuff. And then literally turning and coming up the aisle, um, pushing a cart is a, um, a U.S. postal worker. Okay. Not a costume. Right. And it took me a minute. I'm like, no, no, that's actually a postal worker. I'm looking at what's in the cart. I'm evaluating. Is this a costume? Is this a worker? Um, See, I would just so come. That to, one. I would just come to work in my street clothes, and I say, "What are so, you dressed as?" One of our customers. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that would that would work. So, I or, was thinking that I might dress her up. I might actually go with the uh, creepy doll and give her like little bits of blood rolling out of her eyes because I've got that fake blood. Mm-hmm. We could give her so I can make her creepy. Dress her up as a creepy doll. What do you think? Do the little uh, cupid mouth. Yeah. With the little uh, lipstick. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. And you know there's a creepy doll. Yep. That always follows you. So I can give, make her a little bit bloody and... Bride of Chucky. You know. There you go. No, not going to do Bride of Chucky, but something along the lines of, of I can, you know, kind of tear up one of her dresses that she's almost out of, you know, sort of a That's thing. And still one of my favorite you know, fake of. motivational posters from the internet yeah. is the shot of the infant, you know, littler than her. Dressed up as the eleventh Doctor, holding the sonic screwdriver, and the caption is simply "Parenting, you're doing it right." Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that would be nice. It's awesome. Google it; you can find it. Parenting, you're doing it right. Doctors should find it. All right. Ah, all right. Thank you for calling, and I'm going to kick you off to make room for at least one more caller, or you could hang up on me first. Fine. Be that way. Take away my moment of power. <laughs> Just... Yeah, that's okay. I... Have spoken. You wouldn't be the only one who's taken away his moment of power. Oi. <laughs> I'm coming for you. Would that fall under the heading emasculation? It's a little, it's a little bit. Shout out to BBKF. <laughs> <laughs> Just making sure, Just making wait, sure you're paying attention. Waiting for the next text there, BBKF. I'm sure it's over there. I'm sure the text is not telling her. What is this? She's going to have to here, ask show you. me the text. She's going to have to ask you guys. No, she hasn't said anything about that because, I, at least not yet. She will probably in about 45 or 50 seconds. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Feeling the love of the BBKF. No, her last text was the name that I shall not mention. Right. Because I'm never going to say it. What? She who must be obeyed? Maybe. <laughs> yeah. Well, un- see, it doesn't, it doesn't actually... Maybe as in maybe that's what she put in the text, not what she actually is. <laughs> Moving right, right along. <laughs> as he digs the hole deeper. Um, no. No, I am not going to give Rebecca a high five. Sorry, I alight. Up high. <laughs> Thank you for calling Casually Hardcore. You're on the air. Who's calling? Uh, nice. It's Zena from off on the video wall. Zenith, what Yay. up? Yay. 
Yay! I've been all, it's been a long time since I've been on busy. Hey. But now you're here, and what are you doing for Halloween? Well, I did what I did last year. I grabbed the infamous mask of nothingness, and I stood outside pretending to be a robot. Mask of, of nothingness. I, Define the mask of nothingness. Yeah, it's um, it's just a creepy Grim Reaper mask that I have, okay. and I have a, an actual robot that I made that I put outside every so often. So last year, I stood up there myself, and I kind of followed people when they walked up to my doorstep. <laughs> so like you were, you were like is it real and i would kind of reach out and scare the crap out of the kids and yeah excellent so you've learned the art of standing very still until it's important to move yeah oh uh, i gotta go now sorry guys i couldn't stay on longer okay <laughs> thank you for calling thanks uh, Anna. apparently someone else who must be obeyed has been <laughs> that's right <laughs> i said you must leave the leave the poor the boy Skype. alone yeah no it's all right i'm, I'm... I, I have spoken <coughs> I have oh, spoken? Yeah. Why is no one listening to me? There's several hundred people listening to you at this point in time. Silence! Y- you didn't ask about whether they were listening. You should be asking about whether or not they respected your words. I reject your reality and substitute my own. And this is when we have to start calling the doctors. <laughs> <sighs> Which brings us neatly to the end of another show. <laughs> yes, yes it does. To which I Sorry, say, guys. Silence! Sorry about the coughing. All right. Uh-oh. You have been listening to another fine episode of Casually Hardcore, live on Versus the World Radio, vtwproductions.com. Next weekend might turn out to be an off weekend. Uh, I have a rather substantial server deployment going next weekend. It begins Saturday, and in... Theory should conclude late Saturday. Theory. However, there's always the possibility that what can go wrong shall go wrong. And it could, there's a reason why we do it on Saturday to give us all of Sunday to mop up should something go off the rails. So keep an eye on the front page of vtwproductions.com for an announcement of uh, delaying a week if we have to. Right now, it's a big question mark. We'll know by the end of Saturday how things have gone with the deployment, and we'll keep you posted. Follow us on Twitter. Find us on the Facebook and all those grand things, and you will receive the information when we put it forth. Stay tuned on Versus the World Radio for a brand new episode of The Emperor's Court, following immediately on the end of Casually Hardcore, right about now-ish. We will be back... Probably next week, same bat time, same bat channel. In the meantime, I have been Gnomewise. I've been Eyelight. I've been Gunora. And shout out to BBKF. We'll catch you. Yeah, she just sent me a text that said BBKF question mark question mark. Ah yes. Yes. And now the fun begins. I hate both of you. And Barry. Reginald's cool. I'm I'm cool with Reginald though. No, it's It's okay. We hate you too. We are out of here. Bye bye, people.